0: DJ PK and Fran Freshilla join us, ESPN basketball analyst. He's going to be part of the coverage of the basketball tournament July 25th through the 27th at the Maverick Center. Eight of the 64 teams will be there for a regional, including the Utah, BYU, and Utah State alumni teams. Also, be a group of UCLA, ex UCLA players in the mix. He joins us right now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you, Fran. Good morning,
1: DJ. How are we doing out there? I'm, I'm actually not too far from you guys. I'm in Colorado Springs these days in the summer.
2: Colorado Springs, I had what's to get going away on? From
1: that Dallas Heat?
2: Oh, a big time! What you doing? Some stuff uh, international basketball there?
1: No, you know what? Uh, we actually uh, we're making our we make we're making our the, the summer White House for the for is like is Colorado Springs, and uh, I, the bonus is. There is Patrick, uh, you know, USA basketball events right. uh throughout the summer, so yeah. that is good for me. I see the young guys play and uh it's uh you know a good spot to be to get away from uh you know the heat of Texas. So and you probably have a few Texans up there hanging out in Park City as we speak. Oh, for sure. Too many <laughs>
0: Fran, we got a, a list of things to talk to you about the basketball tournament. I'm curious your take yeah. on free agency in the NBA in the summer. I'm curious your take on international basketball. But PK and I, just in the commercial break, uh, we're talking about. Uh, we we're just reading another in a long series of articles of what's wrong with Pac-12 football. And I know Pac-12 football isn't exactly your wheelhouse. Yeah, but no. But you're a sports fan, and you're aware of it. I'm curious about how we were just talking about how sports has impacted. Um, especially at the college level, but at the pro level too, the amount of passion around a fan base in a city, a state, a region can only generate so much passion. Now, you know, you've spent a lot of time in the Northeast, and you know, you know, pro yeah. sports, Major League Baseball, just huge in Boston, and New York, but college football isn't as big there. Then you look at uh, an area like LSU, and they got all, the SEC's got all this money to spend on analysts to help out the coaching staff. Uh, yeah. b- but they've got people showing up on Wednesday for LSU football when the game is on Saturday and they got 90,000, even, even in a year where they're the fifth best team in the SEC. And then you come to Utah, and college football is a pretty big deal, but it doesn't match LSU's passion. That's true of yeah. the Pac-12 footprint. But here, we can talk jazz in the middle of summer and people are all about it. In New Orleans, the Pelicans don't generate the same passion. How much do you see this when it moves around the country, and how much is a coach – when you want to have resources and you want to have recruits and you need that passion, how much do you keep an eye on that?
1: Oh, I'll tell you, we'll see. I'm a former Ohio state assistant basketball coach DJ. So, uh, you know, first of all, I'm a sports fan and I always, I always feel like some of the best college basketball jobs in the country are at football schools. If you take Ohio state, Michigan, Florida comes to mind when Rick Barnes was at Texas and now Shaka smart, uh, if you embrace football, Clemson. If you embrace football as a basketball coach, it's a really cool thing. Number one, there's not this. There is absolutely not the pressure on the basketball coach there is on the football coach, but because of football, uh, the, the revenue that's generated from football definitely gets passed on to all other sports, including basketball. Uh, the other thing is it helps recruiting when you bring a, uh, let's say, a underclassman uh, in. On a Saturday afternoon in the fall for an Ohio State-Purdue game in Columbus, and I did this as a young assistant coach, we would bring freshmen and high school sophomores in and kind of try to get their hooks into them then. So the, the fun part about living in different parts of the country that I've done is that, to your point, everything is a little different, whether it's pro or college sports. But uh, when you are the basketball coach at a place that's a football school, if you don't embrace football, uh, and Tom Crean's doing this now down at Georgia, um, you're really uh, you're not smart because uh, you know in those cases football drives the engine, and the same thing would be true when you're a football coach at a a prominent basketball program as well that uh, you use the other sports, especially the high profile sports to help your program. Uh, a smart coach will do that.
2: You're known as one of the best international experts as far as basketball goes and the jazz pick up Bogdanovich as a free agent signing. We've yeah. seen him, but we don't follow him day to day. Like we do the jazz guys. What do you expect from him now that he's on this team?
1: Well, for a team that, uh, you know, obviously that because of the success that the jazz have had recently, Uh, Well, not recently, the last 25 years, really, and always seemingly in playoff contention, um, but never quite being able to get over the top. Obviously, the the addition of Mike Conley is going to be huge. It's going to take the heat off of of Spider-Man. But I I think what Bogdanovich gives you is another guy that puts points on the board, uh, PJ. He can get the ball in the basket. Um, he's proven that now in a number of different places. Indiana was where he got his greatest opportunity the last couple of years, and uh, I thought he really shined. So I think what he does, particularly, is take the heat off of uh, uh, spider-man. it It makes Mike Connolly more effective. It's gonna make Joe Ingles more effective. And um, you know he's a he's a really good. You know, he's not an all-star, Bogdanovich, but he can really score the basketball, and um, it gives them another offensive weapon, particularly in a seven-game playoff series when, you know, as we saw last year, uh, Donovan, uh, really the, the the onus was on him to make clutch shots, um, and he had a couple that, uh, you know, uh, that he didn't knock down, but I just think it, it's going to make the entire, uh, at least, a, you know, I think it just makes them a better basketball team. Uh, And I think the excitement for the two guys they've added is uh, warranted. And and he certainly is going to fit in perfectly, I think, with that starting lineup.
0: You know that traditionally you make a deep run in the NBA playoffs and stars become really, really important. How how good your best player is. Now, you know, the Jazz don't have anyone with LeBron's resume. They don't have anyone with Kawhi Leonard's resume – um, if the Warriors get healthy, they don't have anybody uh, that matches Steph Curry's resume. How far can they go riding a five man unit, and how much do they need someone like Donovan to really develop into a megastar?
1: Well, I think Donovan's going to do that by just a- a- accidentally, you know. Uh, not that he can't, he's, just, he's certainly, knowing the kind of kid he is, I think he probably has got, and I'm sure Quinn and the coaching staff. Um, have already pointed out to him the areas he, he needs to continue to improve on. And I think that, uh, you know, years two, three, four is when you see a, a, a really good young player make the next step. So I would expect that from Donovan. But I also think uh, that given at least the starting lineup, uh, that this is uh, going to be, a uh, you know, an even better fit. I, I was a huge Ricky Rubio fan, uh, not necessarily – I, I wasn't a fan coming into the league. I liked him. I thought he went too high, and obviously looking back on it, you know, uh, Minnesota took him over Steph Curry, and that was a disaster. But I, I really liked the way Ricky improved, especially under Igor before Igor Kokoshkov left for uh, Phoenix. Um, but I think now this lineup is going to complement Donovan's skills more. Again, because the game will come easier. He's going to get he's going to get uh, easier shots. Not because Mike Mike is a better p- passer than Ricky, he's not. Um, they're in the same ballpark, but because of the offensive firepower, you know, uh, uh, you know, having having Bogey out there, and uh, you know, obviously Joe Ingles is one of the um, uh, better playmaking uh, forwards in the league. So I think the game's going to come a little easier. You add that to what Donovan's going to probably add to his game in the offseason, and I think it bodes well for uh, for the Jazz. And I think that with Denver and the two L.A. teams, and, you know, we'll see about Golden State, um, you know, Houston certainly is going to make an incredibly compelling uh, regular season race in the West, and uh, I expect the Jazz to be, probably in that top four no matter who is uh which superstars is going where so
2: many of these foreign guys when they used to come over they were sort of one-dimensional you know maybe could shoot a little bit and that was the extent of their game but now we see and you just mentioned denver with obviously Jokic. portland's got a big man you have already mentioned bogdanovich we've seen what Doncic is doing in there in dallas how much farther along is the international player now as opposed to when you first started getting involved with them
1: Yeah, it's incredible, DJ. Seriously, there was a stretch, and it's a little different now because Ibaka's coming off the bench. You know, Pau Gasol uh, was hurt last year. But there was a stretch a couple, maybe it was two seasons ago, where I counted up half of the starting centers in the NBA were born outside the United States. You know, you just go down the list with Nurkic and, and Jokic and the Gasol brothers and Ibaka when he was starting. Um, You know, now DeAndre Ayton, there's there's probably, there's definitely 10 others. Alex Len in Atlanta, who's not a great player, but he's a starter. Um, You go down the list in recent years, and uh, it's just, uh, it's amazing how the game has changed. First of all, the international center particularly, let's take that spot. Those guys are usually multidimensional guys. Um, If they're not great passers, they, they have a good feel for the game. and They're good passers. But so many of those guys have uh, you know, have been able to uh, stretch and play away from the basket. Overall, I think what's happened is NBA teams in the last 15 years are scouting better than ever. They also understand the translation between the various levels of European basketball and what a good player would do when he comes to the NBA. When Doncic was an 18-year-old in the EuroLeague, for example, and he was the MVP. You know that might have been not looked upon uh, so highly 15 years ago, but when you think of the Euro League being a complete step ahead of uh, above college basketball, Doncic in the Euro League as an 18 year old was like a guy hitting 290. No, I'm sorry, I take that back. Hitting 390 in Triple A. Guy sitting 390 in AAA, there's a good chance he's going to be a very good major leaguer. And that's kind of where Doncic was. So we understand the translation now of what level of European basketball is, is good enough to, to be able to make the jump right to the NBA right away. And teams are aware of that, and they make fewer mistakes than they did. Finally, the confidence level of international guys has never been higher because they see so many of their brethren coming over here and having su- success.
0: You know, we see really good players come out of Europe or out of Australia. Even out of South America, there's plenty of Brazilians and Argentinians who've succeeded. Yep. But Africa and Asia have been a little different. Sometimes a player comes over and you think it's going to start something big. Maybe it takes a while or maybe it just, you know, Yao Ming, it, it really hasn't been a follow-up of players coming from China yeah. after Yao Ming. Not yet, anyway. So we see Siakam coming from Cameroon, and he comes from a small town that's already produced another NBA player. Is something about to happen in Africa or are these outliers oh. or it's going to turn into the next Australia and there's going to be a lot of players?
1: No. Well, first of all, it's a great question. And, and you know, the, just recently, about three weeks ago, the USA, not surprisingly, won the under-19 world championships. A uh, mixture of uh, rising college sophomores, high school stars going to college, et etc. They beat Mali in the final, which was a stunner. The fact that Mali could get to the final of a major international tournament was absolutely a stunner. And, and USA only led by two at the half. The NBA under uh, Adam Silver and then uh, uh, Amadou Gallo-Fall, who is uh, well-known in the league, used to be a Mavs executive, and is now in charge of NBA Africa. There is so much money and resource being poured into Africa by the NBA. Um, And as you guys may have heard, there's going to be a professional league over there starting next year. Um, Those kids that do come over to the States and go to prep school and then college are having an incredible effect on African basketball. And obviously, you know, many of those kids win the genetic lottery to begin with. Um, And so the development, the coaching, the resources, the money and the time that's being poured in there is absolutely going to be, you know, you're going to see in the next 15 years, just a a tremendous influx of players from that continent. And uh, it's a really cool thing to see. And uh, go back to Hakeem and, and uh, you know, guys like that initially and now Pascal Siakam and Ibaka and, and uh, some of the other young players that have come out of Africa. And we're about to see a, uh, an explosion of African basketball for sure.
2: So you also coach at the collegiate level from three different spots, including New Mexico when I got to know you down there and yep. you've seen a number of players who've been stars at the collegiate level like a kid like a Fredette or whatever it might be, but yet they can't make the adjustment to the NBA and they end up having to go overseas. any particular reasons as to why that
1: is? I think the biggest reason is that the one thing that you hear from uh, that I hear from my NBA friends is. You are who you can guard in the NBA. Like that's your position, you know. Um, And I think sometimes, you know, we all love Jimmer and watching him play in college. I got a chance to see him in China a couple years ago. Drop, I think he only dropped fifty-three that night. But uh, in all honesty, you know, um, I think the big thing with some of the some of the guys like Jimmer is just on the defensive end that, um, you know, you become a liability if you're scoring, but you're giving up buckets too. And, um, you know, it's, that's what makes the NBA such a great league. It's, it's, uh, it's not for everybody. And, and one of the things that has to happen, because you're playing the best players in the world, is that you have to be at least, you know, decent defensively. And I think a lot of times some of the, these college stars who you know have been terrific um, don't make that transition and uh and I you know I, I, here's a guy from your neck of the woods. J.C. Carroll could probably make an NBA team now, although he's on the downside of a great career. But JC. Carroll has been absolutely uh, Utah states JC Carroll, by the way, he's been an absolute star in uh, the Spanish League for many, many years because offensively he's phenomenal, uh, but JC's not a great athlete, and so that that translation didn't fit the NBA. But I guarantee you he's made you know millions of dollars playing overseas.
0: Fran Frasilla, join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. You're going to be involved with the basketball tournament. We've got eight teams in a regional here, July 25th through the 27th at the Maverick Center, uh, BYU, Utah, Utah State, UCLA alumni teams. What to watch for in this? Why is this a thing fans should get into?
1: Oh, it's, it's, it's great. Uh, you know, I've been a part of this now the last five years, and being a basketball junkie, uh, it's right up my alley. The best way to describe this is this is high-level basketball meets reality TV. And although, you know, the regionals, and I'll be in Wichita uh, for the first, uh, first, first round, the regionals are not as compelling because of what's stake in the, you know, in the quarter, semis, and finals. If you're a basketball fan, I don't care if it's Salt Lake or Wichita or Memphis or Columbus. You're going to see really good basketball, really almost and and probably on a par, uh, at least the top teams in each region with G League level teams. There's no doubt about that. Uh, These are former college stars who are still playing, in many cases around the world. In many cases, you know there'll be seventy-five guys in this tournament that have played in the NBA. Um, You know, a young guy like Willie Reed, who I believe was with with the Stars last year, if I'm not mistaken. You know Willie's team uh, had four or five ex-NBA players, and yet they couldn't get, uh, you know, they couldn't get the championship done. So high-level hoops, guys that are better than you remember them in college, and when you get to Chicago in, uh, on uh, August first, second, fourth, and sixth, the amazing thing about it is the reality that a team may win four or five games, and yet if they don't win the final. They're one of 63 teams that walks away with zilch, nothing. And only one team is going to share $2 million. And the stress of a Final Four game in the TBT or then the final is absolutely palpable. And uh, almost to the point where when one of these big-time Final Four-level officials was doing a championship about four years ago, it was his first time, and he said to me, you got any advice? And I said, yeah, keep your car engine running because you're going to have to get out of there if you make a bad call that costs somebody $2 million. So everybody is stressed And when you get down to the end, and it's just great basketball. It's it's reality TV at its best.
0: Fran Frisilla, ESPN basketball analyst. Join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Fran, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it.
1: Happy to do it. See you
0: guys.